This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah, this is Ezra Bek. And uh, today, Tuesday's shir, is the weekly shir, Ramban Tbashat HaShavua, this week, Parshat Teruma. The Ramban has an introduction to Parshat Teruma. The comment is not related to um, the particular pasuk, but it's, it's an introduction to the Parsha, introduction to the concept of of Mishkan. Immediately after Parshat Mishpatim, which according to the Ramban in Mishpatim means immediately after the giving of the Torah, Mishpatim was a long speech, it was God's concluding speech after Har Sinai. The next section is Parshat Truma, which immediately begins to describe building the Mishkan. And the Mamban apparently wishes to explain to us one, the place, but I think he really wants to explain is the very concept. Why is there a Mishkan? Why is there a sanctuary? A dwelling place for God? And this is what the Mamban writes. The beginning, the opening comment of Pashat Truma. כאשר דיבר השם עם ישראל פנים בפנים עשרת הדיברות וציווה אותם על ידי משה קצת מצוות שהם כמו אבות למצוותיה של תורה כאשר הנהיגו רבותינו עם הגרים שבאים להתייהד. Face to face, the ten dibrot, and he has commanded them through Moshe some of the mitzvot, which are themselves the um, the fathers, they're the uh, progenitors of all the mitzvot of the Torah, as Rabotenu, as Chazal has said to do with Gevim, who come to be come Jewish. Reference to the Ramban is, reference to the Ramban is, that says when a person wishes to convert, so we inform him of some of the mitzvot, you, you teach him some of the mitzvot, which Ramban here is explaining, is those which are avot le mitzvotah the basic principles, which are all the other, many other mitzvot, all the mitzvot sort of are generated out of them. And the Jews accepted to do everything. Not just a few mitzvot which were taught, but all the mitzvot which will be commanded to them through Moshe. And he, God, made with them a covenant about all this. You now have the following result, which will lead up to the building of the Mishkan. I want to emphasize the four uh, conditions of this argument. What has taken place in Yitro and Mishpatim? The Ramban is giving a summary of Yitro and Mishpatim, a summary that's relevant to this, what's relevant in Yitro and Mishpatim for understanding Pashat Truma. One, God has spoken to Israel face to face in the giving of the Yisrael Dibrot. Two, He has commanded them through Moshe Rabbeinu already some of the mitzvot which represents the beginning of all the mitzvot. Three, 
the Jews have accepted in advance all that which they will be taught by Moshe Rabbeinu in the future. And four, God enacted with them a covenant on all those things, which is the end of Pashat Mishpatim. There is Brita Aganot, a, a covenant with blood and, and, and vessels that was done after, according to Rabban, after all of Pashat Mishpatim. It was the cementing of all these things. Me'ata, since those four things have taken place, I'll come back to the list of four in a few minutes, but Me'ata, therefore, Hinei hem lo la'am v'hu lahem le'elohim. Conclusion is, they are a people of his, and he is to them a god. Kasher hitna imahem mitchila, as he had in advance before Matan Torah, stipulated. Ve'ata im shamoa tishmao ve'koli u'shmatem et beriti ve'item li segula v'atem tiyudi mamlechet koanim ve'goy kadosh. Two psukim in the beginning of Yitro. If you listen and observe my covenant, you will be to me a segula. You will be mine. And you will be me, you will be for me. Mamlechet koanim ve'goy kadosh. Numban is explaining those psukim. Heim lo la'am v'hu lahem le'lohim. Okay, so now it's taken place. It was promised in advance, but Yitro and Mishpatim together, the four steps which we explicated have created me'ata. Now it's true. They have created a situation where Heim lo la'am v'hu lahem le'lohim. which I think means here and therefore. And now we see, Hem Kedoshim, Ruyim Sheyeyeh Bahem Mikdash, Lehashrot Shrinato Benehem. Hence, therefore, now we see, that they, the Jewish people, are holy, are sanctified, and therefore it is proper that in their midst there should be a sanctuary, they are sanctified, therefore there should be a sanctuary, they are holy, they should be a holy place, so that he, God, should uh, rest, should place his divine presence in their midst. Okay? That's the crucial statement in the Ramban. Now the number of unusual and remarkable, I think, uh, points being made here. I think the Ramban is very explicitly contradicting or uh, uh, negating another possible interpretation of what the Mishkan is doing in the middle of the Jewish people. One that's very close to what he says, and therefore he's careful to change. The Jews are God's people. God is the king. They are the people. He gets a palace, so to speak, a a seat of power in their midst. The statement I just made is political. The king dwells in the midst of the people. The king dwells in the midst of the people. 
The Ramban is getting very close to that. They are his people and he is their God. But as a conclusion of that, he doesn't say there should be Mishkan. He then adds a small twist. The crucial step is not political, but religious. It's not a political relationship, but one of Kiddusha. Being God's people, and He is your God, changes your status. That's the meaning of Kiddushat Israel, And because Israel is holy, therefore it is proper that in their midst there should be a holy place, Mikdash. I'm translating the word literally because the Ramban is setting us up to notice the same root in Heim Kiddushim Uyim Shebem Mikdash. The holiness of the Jewish people is the basis for the holiness, the holy place, the sanctuary. The problem or the solution, the, the topic is not political. Does the king dwell in the midst of his people? But it's metaphysical. Is there something on this earth which has the proper Kedusha status, which has a metaphysical status to be the home or the embodiment or the or the the, the basis for what we call Hasha'at Shechina. And the answer is only Kedusha Yachol Lahashrut Shechina. Only holiness can embody can be the physical place in which the Shekhinah, God's presence, can be found. And that holiness is not holiness created by God. But that holiness is the holy people. In other words, very often things are holy because if they if they belong to God, then they're holy. So if God would, we, we, we tend to think even, that wh- why is the Beit HaMikdash holy? Because the Shekhinah is there. Since God is in the Beit HaMikdash, therefore the Beit HaMikdash is holy. The man is saying, no, it's the other way around. Since the Beit HaMikdash is holy, that's why God's presence is there. Of course, he's done a little bit of a trick. He doesn't say the Mikdash is holy and therefore the Shekhinah should be there. He says, the Jews are holy. Therefore, in their midst, Yebahem, in their midst, there should be a holy place where the Shekhinah will be in their midst. Listen to the words. Ru'uyim Bahem Mikdash, Lahashrot Shekhinah Beinehem. The real relationship here is not between the Mikdash and the Shekhinah, it's between the Jews and the Shekhinah. Because the Jews are holy, therefore the Shekhinah will be in their midst. And therefore there should be a place, a building, called the Mikdash in their midst. Bahem Mikdash. They should have within them a Mikdash so that the Shekhinah could be in their midst. 
Of course, we all know the Pasuk, which is undoubtedly the basis of what Ravani was saying, at the end of the first few Pesukim of they will make a mikdash and I will dwell in their midst, not in it. No, vasuli mikdash v'shachanti b'tocho, but vasuli mikdash v'shachanti b'tocham. Not in it, but in them. And the Ramban, in order to explain why this is true, introduces the notion which I think does not have a basis, textual basis, in these psukim, that the Jews are holy. For this, man has to uh, uh, cite, somewhat artificially, I think, drag in the pasuk from Yitro, v'atem tiyu kohanim kadosh. And you will be for me a kingdom of priests. The word kohanim, no matter how you interpret it, has a strong association with Mikdash. Priests basically are priests in in the holy place. The Goy Kadosh, all of you, the entire people, are a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now I want to go back to the four conditions. Now understand those four stipulations. What were in fact the conditions which made the Jews holy? The first one I think is crucial. Kasher diber Hashem im Yisrael panim bepanim aseret hadibrot. The statement is not 100% incontrovertible, but it is, of course, the Ramban's opinion in Yitro that the aseret hadibrot, the Ten Commandments, were heard directly. All ten were heard directly by all the Jews from God. Not that it was said to Moshe and Moshe repeated it, but that it was addressed, not just that they heard it, it was addressed. And they directly heard with their own ears the Aseret HaDibrot. And the Mamban uses here an phrase which is borrowed. It doesn't appear anywhere in Yitro. Diber Hashem Yisrael panim bipanim. Face to face. Expression face to face, of course we know. It's taken from another context. It's taken from the context of Moshe Rabbeinu. But it does appear in the Varim, in the Aserat Devot, it says the Panim. The Panim. So the Ban here is bringing this phrase from Sefer Dvarim, which wasn't mentioned in Sefer Shemot, because for the Ban, it's crucial here. We're not interested in how the Jews know the content of the Aserat Devot. Knowing the Torah would not have affected the transformation to Heim Kedoshim, to being a holy people. I think we could easily develop a theory why, yes, you know the Torah, you do the Torah. Doesn't a life of Torah sanct- sanctify man? I mean, undoubtedly does, but the Ramban is not satisfied with that. The sanctuary, the sanctity we're dealing here, it's not a metaphor. Sanctity here means being gods, belonging to God, having a relationship with God. And the Ramban really means a personal relationship. The fact that the Jews have spoken to God, God has spoken to the Jews, and they have heard. And he doesn't say heard. It, it's not just they heard. There was a personal encounter, encounter, through the ascetic devote between God and, and the Jews. Two is the second point. And they, in fact, do have mitzvot already. 
Most of the Torah has not been taught them. But they do have some mitzvot. Namely, the very end of, uh, of Yitro. First of all, they said to devote themselves, the end of Yitro, and, and mostly he means Pashat Mishpatim. So yes, it's true that a life of Torah is transformative. So one is the direct encounter with God. Two is having things to do which you have been commanded. And there, there wasn't direct encounter. He emphasizes it's true. Al Yidei Moshe. Ten brought direct. And other mitzvot through Moshe Rabbeinu. Of course, he points out that those mitzvot aren't just some other mitzvot. They represent at least in nascent form all of the Torah and all the mitzvot. Heim avot le shal Torah. That's point two. Point three. They've accepted upon themselves to do all the mitzvot. Saying that these mitzvot are representative or generative of all the mitzvot is very, very nice. It gives them symbolic value, but, but the Torah is incomplete. Okay, but they've, they've, they've accepted the entire Torah even though they don't know what it is yet. And four, karat imahem brit al kolzeh. Everything we just described has a, a, a legal binding framework. God has entered into an ongoing covenant. I think the important point here is that it's not history. The Brit takes the historical event of Matan Torah, hearing God, learning from God, etc., and turns it into a present part of your existence. The Brit um, concretizes and makes permanent the historical memory. Karat imahem Brit al the result is, heim lo la'am v'hu la'am Now you have, a, now you have, now you have a, a state of affairs where the Jews are not a people made by God, not part of this world, but they exist in a present, living relationship with God. They are His people, and He are their, and He is their God. Therefore, hinei heim kedoshim. So now they are holy. Another man makes a statement which he doesn't really explain. Since they are holy, therefore the Mikdash should be in their midst. Therefore he commanded them to make a Mishkan. What's the logic of the Ramban's final statement? He doesn't explain. It's implicit in half of the Ramban Torah. The holiness of man is the house of God. You have to then build a physical house to to make it explicit. But it's clear from the Ramban's theology that the house is not really the sanctuary. It's really not the repository of Kedushah. The entire Kabbalistic metaphysics of Ramban is based on like to like, on one thing symbolizing another thing. A certain, a certain symbol recreates the actuality of its reference. 
So Kedushat Yisrael is a reflection of Kedushat of God, and therefore the two of them come together. Of course, it makes a lot of sense. Where does the Kedushat Yisrael come from? It comes from the fact that they were together with God in the past. They met God at Hasinai. Panim bipanim, face to face. But of course, that's not really true now. There's been a separation. God has left Hasinai. The Jews are down on the ground. God is back in heaven. Yeah, but there's a Brit. There's a covenant which codifies, concretizes that meeting of God and man. And so therefore, they are right now God's people and He is their God. Okay, that's why they're holy. But that holiness then calls forth its, its realization. The holiness is symbolic of the holiness of Hasinai and then therefore recreates it by having God's holiness once again. The Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, should be in their midst. This becomes clear in the Ramban's continuation. What, in fact, is the mitzvah to build a Mishkan? The Ramban has a definition for Mishkan here which is not 100% obvious. Lachain, since it is proper that there should be in their midst a sanctuary where he will uh, rest his presence in their midst, Lachain, therefore, Tzivat al Advar Mishkan. Therefore, God immediately, right after this has been finished, right after the end of Mishpatim, God, the first thing he commanded was to build a Mishkan. Ramban here is saying that the Mishkan is an original and original command and not, as some other Mephashim say, somehow a response to the problem of Chet Ego or some other reason, but it's, no, it's right away. Tchila. They should build a Mishkan. But what is a Mishkan? Sheyelo Bayit Bitocham Mikudash He should have a house. God should have a house. In their midst, again, in their midst, sanctified in His name, and there he, God, will speak to Moshe and command the Jews. What is the Mishkan? It's a house sanctified to his name, dedicated to his name, in which he speaks to man. He talks to Moshe and commands the Jews. Lest you misinterpret the man, he makes even more explicit. The main desire, the main goal, aim of what we're talking about. What is the main focal point of the Mishkan? The place where the Divine Presence rests. Which is the Aron, the Aron HaKodesh. Because that's the place where God speaks. As it says, I will speak to you from there and I, I will meet you there and I will speak to you from the covering, from the kaporet. And that's why the very first thing described in Pashat, Truma, to build, the very first thing is going to be the Aaron. As opposed, as, I'm not going to read it now, but as opposed to what man points out that later on when Moshe Menu actually did it in Vayakel and he told Bitzalel to do it, the first thing the Moshe builds is not the Aron, but the actual physical structure of the Mishkan. The tent. Because practically speaking, that's the way you have to do it. You first build the building, then you build the things inside. But God wasn't talking practically, but essentially, and therefore the essential construction of the Mishkan will be the Aron. Why? Because 
Mekom Menuchat HaShchina. In other words, what's my point? I think it should be obvious by now, but I haven't said it explicitly. What's my point? What's the definition of Mishkan? Kishmo Keinu. Mishkan is Shechina. As opposed to what? No mention here of sacrifices. There is no logical connection between what the man has said and therefore there should be a place to sacrifice to him. The man is not describing the sacrificial ritual. In other words, he's not describing the Mizbeach. The Beit HaMadash is not the place in which there's a Mizbeach. It's the place in which there's an Avon. In fact, in later Jewish history, it was even in the same place. Before the Beit HaMadash was built, after Shiloh was destroyed, before the Beit HaMadash was built, the place of, the central place of sacrifices, the Bama HaGdola, Nove Givon, whereas the Avon was at least part of the time someplace else. There were two different concepts involved in the final form of the Beit HaMikdash. One is the place for sacrifices and one is the place where the Shekhinah is found. And what, what, what is that used for? What, 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 why would you want a place where the Shekhinah is found? So he says, Sham yidaber im Moshe It's a place where God and man can talk to each other. It's a place of meeting, place of encounter. And now the whole Ramban makes sense. The topic is not where to bring sacrifices. It'll turn out later on that God will say, much later on, that you're not allowed to sacrifice any place else except in the Mikdash or the Mishkan. And that depends on the years. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But in the end, the Beit Mikdash will be the only place. And in the, in the, in the Midbar also it was the only place. But that will come out much, much later. Mishkan wasn't built to be the central sacrificial area. It was built because Hinei heim kedoshim re'uyim sheyeheb bahem mikdash lashrot shkinato benehem Since you are God's people, since God is your God, since you are holy, meaning meaning you have an, an, an essential connection with the non-mundane world. You live in this world, but you are you, you, you belong to another world. You, you, you're a bridge to God. Therefore, you, the Jewish people, will be, in fact, the, the link. You'll be the portal in which the Shekhinah from heaven will enter this world and will rest, will find a place to be. The topic here is bridging the infinite gap between Heaven, Kedusha, Hashem, and this created, mundane, secular world. For Shekhinah to be in this world, there has to be a vessel of Kedusha. And that vessel is Israel, and the place of contact is what we call the Mishkan. Of course, that's why it's called the Mishkan. Mishkan means a place of Shekhinah. Mishkan doesn't mean a sanctuary. Doesn't mean temple. I don't know what a temple means. Mishkan means a dwelling place. A place where there is Shechina. The dwelling place of God is a sanctuary. A place of Kedusha. A Mikdash. And if the Rabban draws practical conclusions... He's saying the Seder, the order of construction, will be central, will, will center itself on that point. Firstly, Avon, 
And then, after the Aron, things which are also connected to that. The next things after the Aron was the table and the lamp, the candelabra. Shehem kelim kamo, for they are vessels similar to the Aron. V'yoru al inyan ha-mishkan she-bevoram nasa. And they also hint, he doesn't explain why, but they hint at the nature of the Mishkan, which I just explained. A quick idea. These are home furnishings. We may, we may not understand why God needs a table or a lamp. But you're talking about nothing to do with the Mizbeach, nothing to do with sacrifices. It has to do with the fact that God is there. So He has a table and a lamp. I might explain anymore what these things symbolize. But they have to do with Shekhinah. The lamp shines. It's light. It's, so to speak, creating the home. And then the Mamban explains the Sod. I'm going to explain the Sod very, very quickly because it's a Sod. It's a secret. So I'm not allowed to explain it. Also, I don't understand it. But it's so closely related to what we just said and frankly, it's not that difficult to understand, so at least the first point we'll, we'll figure out. Sod HaMishkan. Sheya kavod asher shachan al-har Sinai, shochen al I think we've already said this. It was clear from the introduction. The point of the Mishkan is that that divine presence, which here the man calls kavod Hashem, and that's the, that's the secret part. I'm not going to explain what the word kavod means. I don't even know what the word kavod means. But the word kavod, we translate it as glory. It's a good translation because no one knows what glory means either. The glory of God, the word kavod comes from the root kaved, the, the certain palpable presence that you can feel the weight of God. Not the idea, not a, an abstract idea, but a, a real presence of God, which was found on Har Sinai, will now be in the Mishkan, Benistar. That which was manifest and revealed at Har Sinai will be present but hidden, less obvious, less public, we found in the Mishkan. In other words, the Mishkan is the continuation of Har Sinai. We understand the Mabban's introduction. This comes right after Har Sinai. After all this took place in Har Sinai, but then Har Sinai stopped, but the results of Har Sinai, Kedushat Yisrael, engender a recreation of Hasinai. God meets with the Jews. The Jews are now permanently in connection with God, but God is, so to speak, not in connection with them. He's, he's moved back to the sky. There's a certain distance. We've gone back to normal existence. The sun shines, rain falls, clouds, wind, birds, trees. No Hasinai, smoke and fire. But the Brit has codified this into permanent existence. And since there is now a a root of Dusha in the world, so the very same thing takes place again, even though your eyes don't see it. What there was Begaloi is now Benistah. The presence of God in Hasinai is the same real presence in the Mishkan which you will which you will create. Ravan then goes on to talk about a little bit more to expand what the word Kavod here means. It's a Kabbalistic reference, it's a certain aspect of God. Uh, and that is not what is going to uh, 
to interest us. What the crucial point is, is that the Mishkan is a direct continuation or recreation. And to those who can really understand it, a full recreation, even though it looks so different, of Hasinai, meaning not giving mitzvot or having a great experience, but the meeting with God, the encounter. Panim panim, And how? It's a little bit different. Moshe. One person will in fact have panim el panim. Moshe Rabbeinu's experience of talking with God in Ohel Moed was panim el panim. And the Jews as well, but indirectly. The Jews will get mitzvot through Moshe Rabbeinu. So they're also actually meeting God. But in the second sense, before. Not the directly hearing, but getting mitzvot through the agency of Moshe. Those two things took place in Asinai, those two things take place in the Mishkan. And of course, the other two things in Asinai, the Jews accepted, and there was a Brit, those you don't have to do again. That's, they've accepted it. The acceptance is the envelope, and the Brit is the permanent envelope in which the encounter with God in the Mishkan takes place. No mention in this Ramban whatsoever of Kovanot, and although the Ramban doesn't mention it here, in fact, there is very little, if any, reference to Mizbeach and Korbanot in Pashat Teruma. It will come later on. And therefore the Ramban has, in fact, explained to us a number of things. The obvious explanation, what's the purpose of the Mishkan? The Ramban has tied the Mishkan to Har Sinai, he's tied it to a particular aspect of Har Sinai. Encounter with God. And he's placed the encounter with God in a particular context. Encounter with God is not a, a um, enlightening experience. It doesn't give you information. It's a sanctifying experience. And the sanctity consists of you are the house of God. You are the bitocham. You are the envelope in which God is found. That is what it means to be holy. And that holiness is, conversely, the condition for being the house of God. That is the Ramban introduction to Pashat Tchumah, meaning it's the explanation of the next several parashiyot, all the parashiyot which deal with the construction of the Mishkan until the end of the Sefer, and in fact the beginning of Ayuka as well, until Pashat Shmini. Kvod Hashem Nigla Betoch Bnei Israel. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Ramban and Pasha, Pashat Tzaveh. This is Ben Ezrubik. And you've been listening to KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzet Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim. Kol Tov.